Hey, this is Alec and Post. Uh, we decided to cut the Viper bit as that uh, story developed into some extremely dark places and it's and is not that funny to joke about. More on that in episode two. So I know one other thing that's going on in Texas right now is that um, the Texas National Guard under direction of Greg Abbott has taken control of a park near the border, um, the border between uh, Texas and Mexico. And... Uh, they're not letting federal agents in. It's very fucking stupid. Um, Republicans are painting it as like Greg Abbott is boldly doing what Joe Biden will. So it's not a do. it's a state you park, know, right? <clears throat> yeah, and there's accusations that Joe Biden uh, his policies are actually uh, worsening intentionally. So the immigration crisis, and um, I shouldn't even call it a crisis. By what? Letting think, more but... Mexicans in or? Yeah, that's the that's the crisis. For I mean, it's these pretty. People. It's been a pretty slow burning uh, crisis for what the past fifty years. Yeah, yeah. In high school during the Bush era, uh, I I remember just like doing the walkouts for Bush era immigration policy. Rick Perry, former governor of Texas, uh, during the twenty sixteen election when Trump was talking about building a wall, he famously said, "If you build a ten foot wall, the twelve foot ladder business." Is yeah, I remember that. Like, it's funny that that doesn't yeah that doesn't nothing... get brought up more in like the public debate on this, right? Which is that this seems to have been happening for half a century now, and uh, nothing has collapsed yet. Well, I suppose you have to be in yeah. the mindset that. That nothing, in fact, has collapsed, and some people think that it has, right? Some people think mm-hmm. that probably, you know, um, uh, Latin American immigration, you know, primarily Mexican immigration has caused, like, everything <laughs> everything bad that's happened in the United States for, you know, that yeah, long man. at least. The, car- the cartel, they're bringing in Fent, they're bringing in Trank. That's what made Joe Biden like up. that. He was he was normal before. <laughs> Everybody's seen video, and then the cartel got a hold of him and hit him with that trank. Now he's like melting all the time. People, uh, I, I I'm curious because you know how a lot of people say that like, oh, John Fetterman's been replaced with a body double. He's not really like all there, or because of that weird goiter on his neck. They're like, <laughs> he has a chip in his neck and he's being controlled. I would like the theory of either Biden Biden's the way he is right now because he either got vaxxed or he got. Got on the fence. He got fucked up. With it would Hunter be Biden sick to I have a president up. or like a senator that's just actively addicted to black tar heroin or something, right? They're just they're just like <laughs> getting abscesses, or they're like having to have their like like feet amputated. <laughs> he steals all the copper wire <laughs> in, the, in the Capitol building. <laughs> that would be. I agree. I agree. I I I'm sure we have some uh, politicians that are. Uh, if not addicted, they just are like super dependent upon uppers. That's a better explanation for like Biden's it. behavior in the past couple of years than literally anything that his spokespeople have said. I mean, uh, it's already the rumor mill is already saying that like Kamala Harris is just like on pills. Oh all the yeah, time. but pills she's she's just barred out. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh yeah. that's general just like rich lady behavior. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm mad jealous, right? We should have gotten into politics because if you win, you just. It doesn't matter how well you can even speak to like your constituents. You just become the vice president, and then you're just barred out for four years, right? No hope yeah. of being elected <laughs> ever. Just just having a yeah. fucking real good time. I don't know my uh, vice presidential history too well, but has has is Kamala just like the least performing vice president we've ever um, had? I mean, in recent memory, because um, I know Pence started the space. Yeah. Race. Well, I mean, uh, Biden Biden was about. flying around a lot during the um, during the Obama administration. I mean, not not doing anything good, yeah. but um, I recall him having a pretty active role in. I'll push back on that because Joe Biden came out in favor of gay marriage ahead of Barack Obama, and it was a problem for the Obama administration. They were just like, Joe, why would you say something like that? And he was just like, What? It's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't realize it'd be a problem. Like that was that really pushed Barack Obama into uh, coming out in support of gay marriage. Was that Joe Biden just like ran his mouth? They're gonna say, it, and it, pushed, it wasn't like it wasn't like Obama a, to come out as gay, off, which is on, what eventually, <laughs> which is which is what eventually happened. He's getting his dick sucked for crack or whatever. Yeah, Larry Sinclair. He's, is he giving out the for, crack or is he getting crack? I can never remember. Is he a crack whore Barack or is he Obama? paying crack whores? 
Barack Obama, according to Larry Sinclair, Barack Obama picked him up and just had crack with him. Oh, so he's just he's just looking and, to party. I see. Okay. Yeah, he's looking to um, have Larry Sinclair suck his dick. <laughs> we wouldn't want him taking advantage of people that are you know uh, addicted to hard drugs, right? That would be bad. But if yeah. he's just trying to get down. I mean, who could not, uh, who can't relate? And who, who among us has not uh, smoked crack and looked for someone <laughs> to suck you off in a limousine? <laughs> if I had a limousine, um, bro. Um, real quick, though, we got so far away from this Texas border bullshit. Um, so the Texas National Guard has taken over this park and are not letting in federal agents. Now, the bullshit of all this is that no matter who Texas identifies as a migrant or like a, 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 a problem, that needs to be deported. They're still, as I understand it, they're still going to have to turn them over to customs and border patrol. And like that. So you're adding an extra layer of bureaucracy and to this. Yeah. They're a state government. They have no oversight over immigration policy. I mean, I guess the idea is that you put a bunch of what, like Texas Rangers on the border and they, they, they catch Mexicans coming across the border just like you catch a kid with his hand in the cookie jar and you're like, put it back, go back to Mexico, yeah. uh, don't make us arrest you, which we're not going to do because we'd have to turn you over to the feds or keep you in jail over here. Just turn around and walk back to Juarez. I think that's what people are hoping will happen. We'll see. It's still early days. Uh, you know, we're recording very early on a Saturday, so this broke either yesterday or thursday night um so i'm just i'm just waiting to see i mean the 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 texas border is so fucked up like every time you think like greg abbott's doing something just like oh this is so stupid it ends up like killing children (laughs) somehow like like just putting like balloons with razor wire into rio grande valley and it's just like killing people as they try to come into america yeah then they have they it's, had some, I mean, like rafts or something, something earlier, like a like like yeah. some real um, like some real like bridge over the river Kwai shit a couple months or mm-hmm. years ago. It's depressing, and I'm not an expert in immigration law, so I'm not about to talk out of my ass. But um, I'll just say there has to be a better way. <laughs> Probably just what we've been doing, and yeah, um, and yeah, that's the Texas thing, but. We were talking about Larry Sinclair, famously, on the man, Larry Sinclair, in case we didn't say it, was the man that claimed that Barack Obama got high and had uh, gay sex with him. But he rose to stardom thanks to Tucker Carlson. And we're kind of talking about Tucker Carlson today. And uh, do you want to share, we mentioned Clay. Yeah, so so this this is close to my heart because Clay Higgins is literally my representative for Louisiana third district. Um, uh, he's, he's a fun, uh, type of guy. He's, uh, he's, he's neat because he's so precisely representative of his demographic. Um, he's not like, um, he's not like some Yale educated guy that, you know, either moves back to, um, a hometown or just straight up carpet bags and then gets elected to Congress or the Senate. Right. He is a, a true blue, um, representative of a kind of midlife Louisiana guy, especially a kind of a right-wing Louisiana guy, which to be honest is most of them, and then especially cops, right? He's just like the perfect dumb cop stereotype. And like nowhere can you see that more than in these, this interview that he did with Tucker Carlson that released on Twitter uh, last week uh, about uh, January 6th. For the third anniversary now of January 6th, um, Tucker met with uh, Representative Higgins, and he had him on the show to talk about uh, what Higgins has been doing in the House of Representatives since uh, January 6th, investigating what happened to all those poor patriots, uh, many of whom are now languishing in federal prison. Surprise, surprise. Clay, by the way, uh, made it into the House uh, basically directly after Trump, right? He kind of wrote in on the coattails of the... Of the whole like MAGA uh, revolution, which I, I was somehow under the impression that he was around before that. He was not. He's like a direct, uh, no. a, like a, a direct descendant of the kind of uh, of the 2016 election ideologically and uh, and kind of structurally. He also we've talked about this before. He has since shaved his head, but when he was elected, 
he had the most pathetic little jarhead haircut that made him look like an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> I honestly, I think he looked better with the uncircumcised penis look. Um, <laughs> once he once he's shaved his head, he is now literally indistinguishable from any guy that you would meet um, uh, at like a like a breakfast place in Louisiana on the on the highway. So, <laughs> but uh, in terms of Louisiana's political spectrum, would you guy would you say that this guy is like par for the course? Is he more far right? Then your standard Louisiana, he's he's like perfectly. I think he's perfectly emblematic in so many ways, right? Like the maybe not necessarily um, like to put him on an ideological spectrum is kind of difficult. But if the ideological spectrum is, um, are we coherent in what we want out of government and uh, what we don't want out of government? If the answer is no, then he is perfectly emblematic of like everything I've seen of Louisiana politics since I've moved here. Should we talk about the interview first, or should we talk about January 6th? Yeah, what do we have to say about January 6th? <laughs> I remember Queer as Day calling you during January 6th, but I want to ask you, like, where were you on um, January I was 6th? at my old job um, in the warehouse. Uh, I think I think we might have been in between jobs, or it was like a slow day. Was it a, was it, what day of the week was it? Was it a Friday? I remember it being a slow day at work, and uh, and, and I get this phone call. And I pick up, and uh, and you're saying, you are not going to believe what's happening. You have to check Twitter. Uh, basically, the, the Trump people are taking over the Capitol in D.C. And I remember audibly laughing. I remember, I remember being like, I'm <laughs> yes. taking a cigarette break. I have a phone. I I have to go. And just laughing out loud. Yeah. And you being you being fairly concerned. I was definitely concerned. I uh, I was at work. I was talking to my boss. And keep in mind. I had been worried about violence related to the election um, for a bit. I was just like, man, I just think this is really crazy right now. I think something's going to happen. I don't know what. So I'm talking to my boss on January 6th on the phone. He did not come in. And he's just like, yeah, you need to do this. You need to do that. And he just stops. He goes, holy hell, Trump just let everybody into the Capitol building or something. They're like storming the Capitol. And I was just like, oh, my God, I knew it. (laughs) <laughs> which I clearly did not like accurately predict something. It's just seeing like, like a newspaper horoscope. Like, I feel like I will face a challenge today. <laughs> like, and thinking that like, Oh, I'm, 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 I'm a prophet. So I immediately turn on CNN and my boss is like, well, just keep focusing on what you need to do. No one stops working. Not a single person stopped working. I'm freaking out, and I'm just, like, staring at the computer thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? What is going to happen? I call you, you laugh, and I just sit glued to the television watching CNN. Like, I got to hear Anderson Cooper say the famous, like, these people sleep at Holiday Inn and eat at Olive Garden. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, this is this is What was that? What is that supposed to say about them? (laughs) I wonder. That they're not that they're not hardened um, operators. <laughs> yeah, I think I think hardened operators. I think also like it is whether or not he meant it this way. It is near impossible to hear that statement and not walk away with like a classist tinge to it. Like I think Olive Garden carries some implications. Oh, I mean, maybe for, fucking for Anderson right? Cooper, he's like these people are swine. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I it, it was really crazy to watch. I thought I I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then once the dust had settled, it very quickly came to mind that like nothing really happened. I mean, it set a precedent for how crazy this country can go. But like, no politician was hurt. Saying uh, there were people that got hurt. Obviously, there were um, policemen who died. Ashley Babbitt got shot in the throat four times or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm sure people were injured. But the thing that really stood out to me looking back on it is there hasn't really been any follow-up on the uh, the pipe bombs that were found at, like, the DNC. There are a lot of loose ends, especially for, uh, you know, for, for conspiracy-brained people, which I am about definitely yeah. about some things, but not, not everything. Um, I have to say that, that the results of January 6th are, are so... Um, are so stupid and predictable. <laughs> the media reactions, and then even the reactions eventually of um, of the kind of Trump contingent, right? The the doers of the act. Um, 
mm-hmm. uh, that that it it just it does not an attractive target for my uh, for my conspiracy brain to to kind of focus on. Uh, but I I mean from what I've heard, there's a lot there. Um, yeah. I think I think my my initial reaction to January sixth, uh, you know, laughing on the phone talking to you was was trying to put myself back in that place. Um, ever since we uh, ever since I saw that Tucker interview, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about it. The year of twenty twenty was the COVID year. I had suffered from a hurricane that had uh, fucked our whole town up, and things were kind yeah. of slowly rebuilding. I had actually as a as a as a result of the hurricane, I got in a fight with my boss and got fired from my job. <laughs> uh, it was the Bernie year too, and and all of that failed. And so going into 2021, Biden had succeeded kind of despite himself. Um, you know, chalk that up to whatever you will. And then in kind of the most boring way possible, the Trump years were just going to be over, right? And this clearly kind of um, this like senile and and uh, and and really invested kind of status quo political figure was going to take over. So in given that background, to have something happen at all that was exciting and funny, probably not going to tip the scales or like change the course of American history, but at least very stupid and embarrassing and violent, right? For that to happen yeah. on on January 6th, uh, so close to inauguration, I, I I just couldn't help it. It was extremely funny. Yeah, it was like... Not everyone, but like most people, my mind on January 6th has changed since the day of. And I've now said, like, it was simultaneously one of the scariest and funniest things that I, I've seen on television. Especially uh, because if you if you remember checking the kind of news as it went on, I, I think my first questions were like, you know, do they have guns? Or is this like a militia group that's kind of taking control? And very quickly it was apparent that these were just people kind of walking around the Capitol outside and then kind of milling into the Capitol and, and breaking windows and stuff. This was not a, yeah. you know, an, an organized uh, and, and planned out uh, military operation to decapitate the American state, right? This was, now, this was a hilarious accident, right? For most people, I think, it, I think it is worth noting that, like, the Oath Keepers were a big organizer of this. There were some people that showed up with the plan and there were a lot of people who got swept up in something that they did not anticipate doing that morning i think um i will say when you were saying like do they have guns i i don't know if we should say it now but like i do not believe it was an insurrection i think that's an unfair title to put on like they didn't show up with guns they were faced with people who did have guns and like i don't know i think in america where the second amendment is such a big deal you would at least show up with guns to overthrow the government but maybe that's just me i don't know yeah i think i think the fact that there was so little violence in what was then claimed to be as a as a kind of you know um a groundbreaking and deeply uh, painful um stain on american history as this like coup that happened i think it's apparent from the lack of violence that that wasn't really the case right if if you right. wanted to do this yeah you'd show up with a bunch of ar-15s and you would you know presumably gun some people down that didn't happen so that kind of narrative for me at least falls flat but yeah which is not to say that we, some people we... didn't want to overthrow the government because clearly and right. from uh, the testimony that's been seen at, at a lot of their trials they did have that idea right we should acknowledge that there were nine people who died uh, either from suicide it's all the way up to from nine wow heart attack slash stroke uh i mean a lot of people killed themselves after the fact either through uh guilt or trauma or you know joe biden and gang saying like you gotta fucking yeah, kill there you yourself go. they got the epstein uh, treatment is what yeah. happened <laughs> yeah ever there were there were nine deaths four of which were uh two gunshots to yeah, the back yeah, of yeah. the head <laughs> the mark webb approach um that's his name right i think mark so webb? um should this be a podcast where we like fact check no ourselves? fuck no 
Just let it go. Okay. It's way funnier that way. All right, then. Um, yeah, I did look it up. It's not Mark. Lowe. Oh, I don't know what the got it. name is. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Um, I guess we should at first talk about the the interview because that can kind of highlight like what we have been talking about for weeks now on how the media looked at January 6th and is now looking at January 6th. Yeah, so the, the third anniversary came about um, uh, last week and there was kind of some fuss about it. I mean, there, there probably will be at least until kind of Trump's out of the political picture is my guess every year. Um, and and I think um, I think at least on on the internet, right, where we kind of live and make our rounds, um, I think we are kind of uh, approaching. More and more people are approaching this from a kind of mature standpoint. But you know, so there's there's a, a big contingent of people who are still really really focused on Jan Six and think a lot about it. And those are people who um, know of or have people within their political faction that are in federal prison because of uh, January 6th. <laughs> and and that kind of brings us to the interview. So so Tucker Carlson, disgraced uh, ex-Fox News host who now um, who now how, now makes some of the most low energy content on uh, on Twitter that's that's even possible. Why is he talking to uh, Representative Clay Higgins from uh, uh, the great uh, city of Lafayette? So Mr. Higgins has been tirelessly <laughs> badgering federal federal law enforcement officials um, in in various depositions and in front of Congress about uh, January sixth and the FBI's involvement, and he feels like he is, has something to say about that. Yeah, he's uh, he now believes that it was an FBI conspiracy that there's a deep state that set everybody up. At least two hundred. FBI agents have been planning, had been planning January 6th uh, for 10 months, 10 months leading up to the event. Back when Pete Buttigieg was the media darling and the projected heir apparent for the Democratic Party, they had already been They were already this. plotting fact, an event which resulted from uh, Trump saying, hey guys, let's walk over there together. And then uh, apparently... Uh, being stopped by his secret service and just driven um, to lunch at like Arby's or something, right? Yes. And this would have been February. March was when America started to realize COVID is real. Um, February was the 10 months before January 6th, I believe, or early March. Actually, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe March is the where they decide to put everything. Because it's like lockdown starts, that's where we're going to say this whole conspiracy I have to say, started. we're doing a, a bit more work here trying to piece together an actual <laughs> dated timeline than anyone that I've heard talk about this on the side of Mr. Higgins <laughs> or Trump. <laughs> hmm, good point. This is such a vast conspiracy. Clay Higgins here, I have a quote. Maybe I can do his voice. Go I don't for know. it, brother. You might be able to do it. But it's just, the, the people that were involved in that is quite a large web so yes uh, we do have a a great deal of evidence compiled and we're gradually professionally rolling that evidence out and that is about how fast he talked for a 45 minute fucking I, I know maybe people are laughing at that that is a very very good impression of Clay Higgins in this interview hell yeah it's, it's such a crime. Who, who planned this, do you think? Well, I think factions plan this. I wouldn't say who, Tucker, because yeah, I don't think there was one person that, that, that planned this. But I believe the, the faction of uh, establishment liberals um, used with their massive the, powers yeah. of surveillance and... Uh, in, and investigative uh, assets that they have across the country, confidential informants, registered informants, non-registered informants within our intelligence services that would coordinate with with the most extreme liberal uh, factions within a Democrat party that were desperate to keep Trump out of office. 
So that's <laughs> that's one of the really striking things because as soon as I saw this go up, I I, I clicked. I was like, oh my god, you know, thirty eight minutes or whatever. I'm not gonna watch all of it, but let me skip around in there and see if there's any nuggets. And um, have you ever heard an interview with somebody who is in trouble, like with the cops? Uh, but they are very stupid, and they're trying not to incriminate themselves. That's what Clay Higgins yes. basically does in this interview for almost 40 minutes. Absolutely. He does a very – even though he's saying, like, a lot of dumb shit, he he, he has a very methodical media strategy that he's following out. Some of the highlights of this interview is he a, 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 a vehemently denies any U.S. military involvement in January 6th. He vehemently denies local police getting involved in January 6th. He does de- declare that Metro DC paired up with um, the FBI. He says the FBI is law enforcement that has betrayed all police work by participating in January 6th. So he's being very careful to say, like, I'm not shitting on the thin blue line. I'm not shitting on the thin green line or whatever the military is on those dumb little flags. But he's. He's saying that, like, there are some bad apples in the FBI that are ruining police work for everyone. So I, I think that's why he's speaking so slow. He wants to make sure everything's cool. It should be said that the probably the biggest impediment to um, getting justice for um, the January 6th insurrectionists is that um, Clay Higgins is so incredibly boring in this fucking interview. It is brutal to listen to. You will find yourself... Yeah. Uh, nodding off or it's it's a it's a tough interview to get through like i have seen clay higgins go off on uh like talking about how america needs to rely on the constitutionalist like he 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 can get real riled up and it just sounds like a hayseed but in this one like he really does not have the the yeah he he needed to pound like a pot of coffee before going on tucker but he did not yeah so he's so his kind of thesis is is he's um, he's kind of basing. He says he's got a plethora of evidence, as they kind of they want to do. He might have that, indeed. Um, but he's kind of basing all of this on his uh, interactions with uh, the FBI director uh, in in deposition in front of Congress, uh, Chris Ray. And Chris Ray's, mm-hmm. I have to say, I will agree with him on this kind of bizarre insistence that he do the CIA thing when asked, like if there were FBI. Um, officials you know or uh, fbi undercover agents that were part of like the jan 6 crowd he has to do the cia thing for some reason and be like i cannot confirm or deny uh whether or not that's true he can't say yes or no which obviously leads to enormous speculation on the part of yeah and and to bleh, to uh defend director ray it, it's because the fbi will not comment on ongoing investigations and like that has gotten him in hot water before, and it's famously James Comey deciding, like, I'm going to comment on one investigation about Hillary Clinton, and like, that didn't go so well. He can't say no. I guess he can't say yes because it's not politically expedient to do so. He can't say no because, like, all these nerds, he's, like, desperately um, frightened of being called in front of the court with, like, contempt of Congress, right, or whatever. Um, and and so he so he has to do this thing where he's like, well maybe, but I can't tell you, right? And I think I think the reality is you could if you wanted to, right? If there were if there were enough MAGA patriots in Congress, they could hold him in contempt of Congress, is my understanding, and literally jail him until he says yes or no, right? If he knows, I don't know. If but they we don't do, do that it. kind of thing anymore because there's not enough patriots in the United States is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it, it really is like. After January 6th, this country got so stupid. I mean, it was stupid beforehand, but now it's like, who knows what could happen? One thing that really stands out to me in all the January 6th conversation is how the media narrative has changed on the left and the right. On the left, less so than the right, but on the left, you have two camps. You have the people saying, like, these are insurrectionists who tried to overthrow the government, while simultaneously saying these are conspiracy theorists who believe the election was stolen. And they'll say it like with rolled eyes. They, you can't have both. Like if these people genuinely thought the election was being stolen, they're not trying to overthrow the government. They're trying to prevent what they saw as someone overthrowing the government. As, as Legitimately, these people are trying to steal the country. We have to stop them. It is up to us. 
and the left can't really have both of those. And uh, I've 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 said before to you that like I think what Joe Biden should have done is immediately pardoned everyone involved, be besides the oath keepers. Um, like practice what you preach, and also don't waste all these time and resources on giving people what like thirty six months for taking a shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk or like the QAnon shaman. Because now these people are running for office. Like you've made martyrs of them. You should have. Like the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary are just weeks away, and we're still in the middle of like civil lawsuits against Donald Trump, and like just time and resources were wasted to hear dumb testimony of 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 bit players within this fucking thing. But uh, on the right, you have had a ever evolving narrative, which. You know, Tucker Carlson is a great example of a right-wing pundit who, during January 6th and on January 7th, was disgusted, was appalled, was outraged. That was like the end of his 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 love of Trump, his public love of Trump. And there were a lot of Republican politicians who were like, this cannot happen again. This was awful. We are voting to impeach Trump. Moving on to, oh, they were just some good old boys. Like, this wasn't a big deal to now with Clay Higgins saying, oh, this was a deep state operation. Everyone was set up. These people have been victimized by uh, a, a left-leaning Marxist government. And now a question that I asked you the other day was like, if Trump wins this year, will the narrative change yet again? Will Trump pardon everyone? And it'll say like, you know, these people from the get-go were uh, uh, trying to take our country back from the people who were stealing it. They have, for four years at that point, uh, when he will say this, if he says this, for four years, they have been... Uh, uh, They've uh, been per- persecuted. Persecuted. Yeah. <laughs> persecuted. And uh, I, I'm just very curious of, like, what are people going to say about it um, if Trump wins? I mean, I, I don't think he's going to pardon them, but I don't think it's ideological. I think he's lazy and just fundamentally d- doesn't care that much about his supporters to bust them out of jail. Um, I think the narrative could change again. I mean, I, I think I think one of the issues that um, it's kind of a prism through which the change of power is viewed from uh, from Biden to Trump. And I think the more time goes on, the more um, a lot of people acknowledge that January 6th probably wasn't as big of a deal as the the media has made it out to be something in their brains right when 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 kind of average joe um sees right some of the sentences that were brought down on these uh these trump uh supporters these uh, trump trump heads trump morons right um doesn't seem kind of commensurate to the crime committed and i have to say i mean you know they they did trespass on federal grounds but in the grand scheme of things, right, as far as, like, uh, American freakouts from the kind of people that these guys are, nothing really happened, right? If if, if, right. if you have a thousand of, uh, you know, um, uh, frustrated middle-class uh, white people uh, demanding something from the government, uh, you know, violently, and nobody brings an AR-15, and the only people that get shot are by the cops, that's not even really a crime, is it? <laughs> I, I think in, like, the minds of most Americans. Um, and... I don't know about most Americans. I think most Amer- I, I think most Americans still think that this was like a violent insurrection. And I don't. I like and we're we're living in an age of mass shootings and one didn't happen at exactly. the Capitol. Uh, that's that's why I think it's like it's both is and like isn't a big deal, right? It's why like um it's it's why you can kind of walk the line of of of, uh, po- of political persecution, while at the same time being fairly open that like what you did want to do was an insurrection, even though you utterly failed at doing it. So one of the other funny things that happened last week, and one of the reasons I want to talk about this, is the Tucker interview drops, and then also released was some footage of January sixth um, from the from the vantage point of uh, of the uh, Trump supporters at the door of what the Senate chambers, I think. Yeah. So somebody's got their their phone out. They're videotaping the Capitol Police through the broken windows of this door, and they're just like staring at each other. They're just looking through this broken glass at each other, and uh, uh, the, the cops are pointing guns at the Trump supporters. The Trump supporters are screaming to be let in, 
And then there's these like moments where the kind of um where like the anger and fever breaks and they just like look at each other for a second and it's really surreal. It I know the moment you're talking about where they're just kind of looking at and at one point the the I guess the capital police maybe secret service he like he has his hand on his gun and his like grip kind of loosens a little bit and he's just kind of looking around <laughs> and, and at that moment I'm like are you are you scared what's going on but you can hear people saying like we're doing this to stop the civil war yeah we're gonna stop it there's a couple quotes in there that are very funny one there's just some lady that's screaming at the top of her lungs like tr- kind of the entire clip and you can tell that some of the people that are that are that are trying to have a conversation <laughs> through this door uh, are not uh, are not digging it they wish she would shut up and and mm-hmm. and one of the guys is just trying to be he's he's trying to do the um, I'm talking to you not as a not as a cop and not as a criminal but uh, but as two guys right as two as two patriots defending our our beautiful country uh, two citizens of our beautiful country and he's telling them you know uh, hey we support you guys we love the cops and you're a cop so therefore we love you. You should let us in, and we need to get Trump in the White House. And the cop is pretty understandably both, you know, noticeably flummoxed, right? This is a guy with got to be one of the cushiest jobs for in law enforcement in the United States, which is yeah. hanging out at the Capitol while um, a bigwig politicians, uh, you know, do lines of coke in their uh, <laughs> office rooms. It might be the first time he's ever had to pull his gun. Ever. Yeah. And and he's yeah. he, he's retorting. He's talking back to this dude. He's just saying, "I'm very disappointed in you." <laughs> he's he's doing he's going dad mode on him, and he's saying, mm-hmm. um, "This sucks. You shouldn't be here. Uh, uh, we can't have this uh, uh, going on." And by the way, I think underlying all of that, you're making my job today very difficult. <laughs> this is this is more <laughs> than I think I deserve for what I get paid. Uh, I should not have to, have to be dealing with this shit. And you know what? Personally, I I don't. I don't disagree with him. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> That's such a funny stance to take on January. 6th. Everyone's got their own opinion, but that guy, like, it was the worst day of my job. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a it's a Wednesday. Up. It seems like any other day, and then all this bullshit happens. Then you and then honestly, you probably have to get deposed like thirty times in the next three years, and people won't stop fucking bothering you, you know, about it. Because he knows it's like it's the paperwork. He knows the paperwork is going to fucking suck. You see it in his eyes. He, he's not scared for his life. He's inconvenienced. He's going he's gonna to have to write about how he's like, I looked to my right and Senator Romney was scared. <laughs> Senator <laughs> Romney was cowering in the corner, pissing himself. <laughs> That's something I really, really wish that we had gotten like an inside look at. It's like, who in the Senate and House chambers was like, freaking out the most and who had like a calm head yeah those are honestly the documents that i would want clay higgins otherwise to be asking for which is the videotapes of which senators and congress people um freaked out and and uh, acted embarrassing when they heard that like the capitol was being stormed we might have to cut this what the fuck was clay higgins doing on january 6th he was texting um we're in here. The door code is <laughs> 1776. Uh, that would have been... It's very funny if he, like, wasn't there January 6th. He was, like, off duck hunting or some shit. That, and he's like, oh, god uh, damn it, I missed it. That That is a good question. I don't know what, Gen, uh, what Clay Higgins was up to. I do know that there were some... Like, Lauren Boebert famously tweeted and deleted, today is 1776. Hell and, yes. Which is just, like... Instead of prosecuting the QAnon shaman, really wish we had uh, looked into that a little bit more. But, you know, this is... This is the country where politicians rarely, if ever, get investigated and prosecuted. So that's kind of at the crux of this whole thing, right, is to me, is that is that contradiction. So you have Clay Higgins droning on for over half an hour on Tucker about how this was actually the FBI, how they have, um, you know, by his estimation and some very good research that I'm sure he's done, um, uh, he posits the number at several hundred people within the crowd of, you know, a uh, thousand plus of the Capitol that are actually feds. And the, the kind of implication here is that the Trump supporters, the real patriots, um, asterisk, right, they didn't do anything wrong. They were just at the wrong place at the wrong time and extremely stupidly were 
baited into doing the most obvious psyop of like all time, right? The most obvious false flag ever, which is, hey, uh, we're opening the doors uh, for you guys uh, over here. Uh, walk right in. <laughs> um, and then, and then on the other side, right? The the kind of the the reality that continues, which is the kind of beating heart um, desire of. Uh, Trump supporters and the right wing in general to do an actual real coup of the United States government, right? That is still, right? That Lauren Boebert tweet is representative of what those guys yeah. want. So somewhere in between, right? And I think I think what's really interesting about it is like how how pronounced the kind of liberal culture of the United States is even on those guys, right? They cannot come out and just say straight up, we want to take down the government. Yes, we would love to, um, you know, what are, what is it? Uh, hang Mike hang Pence. Mike Pence. <laughs> like in the, in the Senate chamber. Um, we, you know, we want to, uh, uh, I don't know, kill AOC and, and eat, uh, eat, eat her or whatever. Um, they can't say that. No one really seems to be owning up to it. Like there hasn't been a single person who's like, yes, we tried and we failed because of like, you know, we weren't organized. No, no one's having like a, a, a retrospective like, well, you know, we, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. Oh, the Capitol Police just got in our way. Like, it is very much like we were set up. <laughs> we didn't even want to do this today. We were going to go to the Smithsonian after that rally. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We were going to have fun. We were going to get ice cream <laughs> on the Capitol steps. We, we like... were going to go to that barbecue place and house the cards. <laughs> <laughs> It's the dumbest thing that happened in the entire electoral process. Like, way dumber than Obama making two phone calls and just, like, stifling Bernie Sanders. Uh, Way dumber than uh, any of the ridiculous quotes from the election trail. Uh, It was just so stupid. I was scared, very scared, the day of. And as the dust settled, I realized, like, nothing happened. It's really dumb. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think should happen to the people who... We're there. The best thing probably Biden could have done is just like pardon all of them and just pretend this never happened, right? Because not it's 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 so embarrassing that you've had to have these people jump to incredible lengths to justify it, right? By saying like, oh, we didn't actually do this. We were, uh, we just got baited. Um, and at the same time, it is it is a rallying cry in that those in that a bunch of them have been put in federal prison forever right a bunch of kind of respectable middle class you know uncles and aunts right that are now uh serving uh, time yeah is actually i think on some level destabilizing the american political landscape um and you could have just kind of done away with that by by pretending that that they hadn't done it right just giving them giving them a mulligan yeah tell them all to go home and we don't want to see you back here <laughs> we don't we don't want to see you on our lawn again yeah and i mean like like do they want to just take away their right to vote because some of their prison sentences are so short some of them are already back out and like i said to QAnon shaman he's running for for office so these people like there's no real consequences if anything you've like given them more of a platform i wish the qanon shaman would come to my district and run against clay higgins i would i would much prefer the qanon shaman to clay higgins. Where is he running? i feel like he's running in arizona or something yeah arizona or nevada the, one of those crispy states his name, his name is like jacob chansley yeah that that was the funniest fucking part of all of it is when he went to prison and, and he is just like, what do you mean I can't get like organic food and vegan prison? meals? Right? Yeah, he wanted. Vegan. Yeah, he turned out to be kind of a lib. He had a bunch of lib coded uh, uh, dietary he's, restrictions. He's libertarian, so I think his dietary restrictions are more based on like you cannot trust the uh, 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 FDA, so I have to like make sure I've got my own food going on. Um, Oh, cool! He served on the Kitty Hawk. Good for him. Good for My him. My dad was on the Kitty Hawk. That's—I guess there you they go. Maybe, maybe they're in the same group chat. Maybe I can get an interview from him. Hell yeah! He—he yeah. uh, he was arrested January 9th. He wanted organic food. So stupid. That was the funniest part. It's like all these—a lot of them were also anti-mask, and they realized in that moment, like, oh, I should not go to a protest without a mask on. Like yeah, everyone that, was um, that was another thing that I, that I find uh, amongst the moment where it's the most socially and legally acceptable for you to wear a mask in a federal building. Nobody was wearing a mask because they have this 
this, uh, you know, this social stubbornness about being told what to do, allowing themselves to all be incriminated, (laughs) even the ones that weren't directly posting onto their named Facebook pages that like, hey, here I am uh, knocking over the lectern in the house (laughs) chamber, right? Here I am uh, 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 shitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk or whatever, like rifling through her personal (laughs) affect. Taking a shit on her desk. Uh, I, I mean, one of the small details from the Tucker interview that's so funny is when Clay... Clay uses this kind of um, logic that uh, that the Capitol building is too labyrinthine to possibly have anybody find Nancy Pelosi's office if not given a map. And I mean, while that does kind of interest me a little bit, at the same time, you have to think like, well, this is just like a rat in a maze thing. Yeah. Right. If you let a thousand people out into a building and they all go in different directions, somebody is going to find Nancy Pelosi's yeah. office. I mean, <laughs> right? there's that really... <laughs> There's that incredible clip of the guy with the crazy voice coming out of a door. He's like, we've been in there already. There ain't nothing in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've been in there. There ain't nothing going on in there. And also, in that, in that moment, Clay Higgins is talking about that. Tucker Carlson says not a single door is labeled in Congress. Like, leadership doors are not labeled. Is that true? No, I looked this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't and think that I, was I, true. I, I, was like, I shared well. some notes with you, and it is very clearly... Two doors that say Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> Democratic leader, Nancy Pelosi, like they are labeled. And also regarding evidence in that interview, Higgins does a classic misinformation, disinformation move of saying, I can't share the evidence, but I have seen the evidence. I've seen oh, yeah. I've seen the documents, folks. You gotta you have to bring something to class, right? I gotta see something to believe yeah. you. Um Meanwhile, we still believe the CIA killed JFK. <laughs> There's so much evidence for that. Don't even get me started. Oh, shout out Mike Judge. <laughs> Similar to uh, Chelsea Manning with Obama commuting sentences, do you think Joe Biden will commute or pardon people for his October surprise? This year. <laughs> I I honestly think that Joe Biden has already forgotten that it happened. And but you like, we're giving you back the right to vote. Now vote for me. <laughs> vote for me. Uh, that would be sick if Joe Biden parted them and reminded them that Trump didn't, and then he got like all the Jan Six people to vote for him. Um, he he might need every vote. They might have to like empty out the prisons and the you know, um, yeah. and the poorhouses. Uh, no, unfortunately not. I just don't. It doesn't feel like anybody's willing to be the bigger man and uh, and and let my people go, dude. Let my let my poor morons go. Yeah, you've told me before that like it boggles the mind why Trump did not give pardons to any of these people in his final days. He was real quiet in his final days, mostly because yeah, Twitter I, finally blocked him. I really thought that he would just. Um, I and and I think I think a lot of kind of liberals did. They thought that would just be blanket pardons, right? Like all around forever yeah. um, in the final days, right? Just like a hundred pardons just getting whipped out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, a thousand pardons, a million pardons, right? Uh, especially, and, and just like himself, especially, right? Why And why not just pardon yourself, right? It's of, let's say, dubious legal uh, um, legality, yeah. right? But why not just give it a shot? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Everything is unprecedented at this point. What drives me crazy, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to drive me crazy, but sometimes when I'm talking to, 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 to libs, sometimes within my family, the few libs within my family, they will say something like, Trump is just doing all the stuff that's unconstitutional. It's not in the Constitution. And I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, so what? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the problem is, like, we know why kind of Joe Biden does nothing when he could do a lot, right? He's just kind of ideologically opposed to... To, to that kind of change um, yeah. or ideologically opposed to the the, um, the the path by which that change would occur like through uh, an executive or whatever or maybe he just disagrees with like doing anything about a lot of this shit but kind of the the, the lack of gumption on the part of um, this kind of nascent right wing and especially of like an outsider like Trump to just throw shit at the wall has been really like Maybe one, maybe the biggest disappointment. <laughs> I mean, like I, I expected nothing from Trump, and I like got what I expected, right? Yeah. But to just not have him just throw shit at the wall and try to get away with, um, 
try to try to do anything other than get on the phone and ask someone else to commit a crime for him is like i don't know very disappointing to me yeah i think also like constitutionalist and um and not like right-wing constitutionalist but like lib constitutionalist left-wing constitutionalist and uh, 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 um, more traditional democratic Americans, I think they have a real hard time accepting the fact that, like, a lot of people just don't care. Like, when they're just like, oh, my God. And people, don't you understand what is coming if you reelect Donald Trump? Don't you see what's going to happen? It's like, yeah, I, I'm not voting for him, but you cannot you cannot claim to represent the country and not understand why, like, it's very appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing is whether or not we're going to see that breakdown finally happen on the right. Because given that uh, COVID was probably the reason that Trump lost the last election, people did show up to vote for him, right? Yeah. His constituency did show up. Whether or not they're going to do that this time is in question. Um, the thing that lost in the election last time was just that, you know, the Dems got, you know, slightly more fired up than they were in 2016 and they showed up and they voted Biden in. Right. Yeah. Um, that kind of that kind of complacency on the left is what seems to do or undo um, their um, their elections. And it should be said that if you believe that the state is arrayed against you and is, in fact, like putting people in jail, that could have that effect of of. Um, of of causing like a kind of despair in the Trump um, base, right? That probably happens, for instance, on the left of the Democratic Party, right? Where, yeah, where kind of we live, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't live in a swing state. My vote doesn't really fucking. Matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking about this, and I live in Louisiana, and you live in Texas, and yeah. neither of our votes matter. <laughs> just... And I think, I mean. I'll, I'll see indications that the economy is good, the economy is improving, but it doesn't feel that way. Absolutely doesn't feel that way. Yeah, not to us. And um, we've also been seeing that, like, there were a lot of digs from the Biden camp and the left on Trump. You know, uh, I, I think about the Yemen bombing that just happened, where when Trump was trying to, I believe he bombed, was it him bombing Yemen? Where where did he bomb where Biden was just like, you can't do this. This is unconstitutional. You're supposed to go to Congress before you bomb anybody. And then Biden's doing the exact same thing. We're seeing Biden's, uh, uh, if not endorsement, then allowance of Israel's actions against the Palestinians. We're seeing- yeah, it just feels like nothing does anything. Yeah. Right? Like public outrage doesn't do anything. Public which- outrage doesn't do anything. And nothing, not to say that nothing matters, but it's like there are things within the American machine that party lines like don't really matter. Uh, and that's why we need to be disappointed in the Gen Six guys because they're doing more than we are. <laughs> 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 I mean, they're like. At at some point, at some point, right? If if you're if you're that frustrated, that will become the kind of logical solution. It's just that, you know, n- nobody on the left, I think, is serious about taking on the state, uh, and people on the right talk about it all the time. But then, if Gen Six is what they have to offer, well, we're fucked because <laughs> nobody's nobody's going to challenge the state. Yeah, the the people I know who complain about January sixth the most won't even go like canvassing or door knocking. <laughs> Like you can't even get people to like sign a petition, and like the, the opposition is ready to storm the Capitol. But so, yeah. <laughs> sh- shuffle in in their like uh, in their day slippers, right? Like into the yeah. Capitol and kind of uh, tip some chairs over, Do- <laughs> and then go to prison for five years for it. <laughs> Do you think we've talked before, and maybe this is getting off topic, and maybe we should wrap it up? But do you think? Uh, the left is any viable political project to, to, to galvanize and rally people? No. I mean, like, you've probably seen the kind of Twitter discourse about voting for Biden or not. Um, I mean, the, the, the hope would be that if Biden loses um, in this election, um, that the the Democratic Party will have to take a cold, hard look at itself and, you know, allow for more kind of... Um, um, left, uh, left, a leftward trajectory for the party, or more left-wing voices into the kind of um, uh, into into the limelight. Uh, but like, 
that's what happened in 2016 and that didn't happen. So, I mean, I, you know, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be an absolute, uh, you know, a doomer or whatever about things, but I, I don't see that right now. Right. It's, it, it, I think the reality is that America just has not hit the kind of, um, the kind of crisis point where people are, um, really forced into action politically. Things are still like, it's, it's hard to say, but things are just still kind of too good for now. Right. Um, it, it's, it's easy to distract yourself um, from politics and just not think about it. And when that becomes impossible to do, then I think you're going to see a lot more activism, you know, on, on the right and the left. Let's be honest. Right. You're going to see a lot more. Um, you might see political violence at that point, but you're going to see a lot more uh, political action. Yeah. So that being said, we had we had the first little bit of political violence in, I mean, uh, a kind of semi-organized political violence in a long time in in january 6th um i think it's not it's not going to be the last that we see in our lifetime but it's probably going to be the last that we see for a little while hopefully hopefully i mean i i i want to clarify and i'm sure you you know this and meant this but like you said organized political violence that's very very important like what happened in charleston was an organized rally that one lone wolf decided to run over Heather Hayer. Yeah, um, I don't think the violence was organized, right? right? Um, I think the violence was, like, wanted. They were like, oh, we're ready for this. I hope this fucking pisses people off. It's got to be at that point. Um, but January 6th was... Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're probably right, right? To call it... The, the the violence organized is is a, is a bridge too far, right? What little violence there was in like window breaking or like yelling at those cops or getting shot or tasing yourself in the balls, right? Like all of that is violent, but none of it was organized. I, I forgot that guy tased himself in the balls. I mean, that's that that's the guy that I think about. That that guy is really emblematic. I think of like America as a whole, right? Like show up show up to a thing, don't really know what you want. No plan, but um, be armed to the point where you can induce an accidental fatality, and then it ends up being yourself, right? That's just like what America is right now, <laughs> and I'm fucking here for it, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. I don't know if this means my brain is broken or I'm a fucked up evil person, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I got my popcorn. I'm ready. To see I'm fucking, fucking here for happens. it. So here's to you. Here's to you, Clay. Here's to you, Tucker. Here's to you, fucking Donald J. Trump. Um, we'll be seeing you around. We'll, hopefully, we'll be seeing you soon. Dude, if Trump loses in 2024, just do January 6th again. Just run it back. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. run it back. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I guarantee you it's going to be easier to find and hang Kamala Harris than it is. Uh... <laughs> okay, cut that. I think we legally have to cut that. <laughs> we legally have to cut that one. Okay. <laughs> No, I, 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 I think running back January 6th, I mean, it would be near impossible. I think they'll be anticipating. I think everyone's going to be white-knuckling it around, like, the certification of the election if Joe Biden wins. If Donald Trump wins, it's just like, maybe maybe January 6th protesters will return to be like, let us in to celebrate. I'm like, no. <laughs> they'll get arrested again, yeah. but this time he won. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god damn it. Uh yeah, that's man, I, I I think I think if Trump wins twenty twenty four, he should move he should convert Mar a Lago to the presidential palace. He he should move the nexus of right wing politics to Florida. And at that point, if the feds are coming to get him, he hopped on a boat, takes off. We need somebody that's gonna shake shit up in this country. <laughs> uh and with that, um we uh we good to wrap this one up, brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next listening. time. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That that ended on such a good note. <laughs>